Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome aboard National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sales. Appreciate you stepping in with us. And um, I want to start the show out by doing this, sending our love, our prayers, To Uvalde, Texas, the 19 children that were lost, the two teachers, I do not believe this is a political statement here. I'm a dad, like many of you out there are parents. And that's just something that can't be tolerated in America. This is not a political something to stump for. This is right and wrong. This is the United States of America. We cannot see children being massacred and slaughtered like that. Our prayers here at Jacob Sports Big Sills is out with those families. How about the brave law enforcement people, the border people that were there, that jumped in? How about this? You talk about uncommon valor. Running into the fire. Running into danger. There's nothing like that kind of heroism. Those men were heroes. The amount of lives that they saved yesterday, countless. He was randomly shooting people. And those police officers were running into the fire. Man, I always wonder, could I have that kind of courage? Like those men who do that each and every single day. I salute you, man. We cannot have that in America. You know, I get a chance to talk sports every day and I get an opportunity to be here with you guys every day because it's great to be an American. Being an American means a lot of great things. And sometimes when we have great freedoms in our country, I think we take them for granted at times. I get to do this every day and I'm thankful to God that I get a chance to do this. Our freedoms that we have in this country is what makes this country great. Sometimes we see moments like yesterday, and unfortunately, those are moments that we have to look at to get better in this country. America's the greatest place on the planet. There's no place like it. Okay, do we have our issues? Yes. But I'm not going to sit here and go on some political, this guy's wrong, that guy. I don't care about that. I care about those 19 kids and the families and the 17 children that um, are fighting for their lives. My heart is broken. It is broken for those families. Nobody should send their kid to school. They get an award on awards day. And then they're murdered and slaughtered. Not in America. It can't happen. We can't be doing that. We're better than this. We are better than this. God will get us through this. You know, the greatest thing about our country, too, we're a God-fearing nation. Whether you're Catholic, Christian, Protestant, Muslim, whatever it is, whatever your faith, faith gets you through things like this. You know, I think of Sandy Hook in Connecticut. I knew teachers and I knew families. The priest who was at Sandy Hook married my wife and I 
Father Robert Weiss. Can you imagine being that priest going in and telling those families, your child's gone. Nothing has changed since then. Nothing has changed since then. And I'm hoping that we all get together and we just pray for those families because without a doubt, we're better than this. Our country is, our country is better than this. I love those families. Whatever your race, whatever your religion, they're Americans. All right. Had to be said. Let's move on to happier things here. That's the world of sports. And again, the greatest thing about being an American is that I get to do this each and every single day, talking to you. Okay? Talking about our true passions. Things that we love. By the way, Brian Westbrook will be with us in hour number two at 4.30. One of the legendary Philadelphia Eagles will join us, and we will talk some football, we will talk some Eagles, and we will get his thoughts. That'll be in hour number two at 4.30 Eastern time. You know, I, I hear people and I listen pretty much to every single show we have, the birds, sports take, everyone. We're all always talking about Jalen Hurts. Jalen's got to do this. Jalen's got to do that. He's got to put these kind of numbers up. There's really three people this year that have to have great years. Who do you think? Are the three people that have to have great years this year for the Eagles to do what I think they're going to do, and that's win the NFC, not the NFC East, win the NFC. Who are those three people? Give me three names that you think have to have big years. Three names. Look at show. Look at Showtime. Look at Showtime. Look at Showtime. Hertz, Gannon, Sirianni. This is why you guys are the best because you're the brightest that I talk to and have talked to maybe in 27 years. There's very few places that I've spoken to when it comes to sports, when it comes to like knowledge of the sports world, knowledge of your favorite sport. There is no doubt. Well, it is Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, and Jonathan Gannon. These three people have to be exceptional this year for this team to do what I think it's going to do. By the way, I was on with Seth Joyner last night. I had no problem, no problem saying this. I'm picking the Eagles to win the NFC. You know what Hollis Thomas and Seth said? Pump the brakes here. You better not be reading your press clippings. I don't think this football team is in that position where they're going to be reading their press clippings. Okay? I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't believe they're going to be in that position because they're so young and so much to prove. Jalen Hurts, we know, has to play great. But how much pressure is on Sirianni and Gannon to be better play callers? You know, would we agree that Jonathan Gannon, of all the coaches in the offseason, has been given a treasure trove of gifts to improve that defense, to improve his play calling, of all the coaches, okay? Of all the coaches, 
all the coaches, do we not agree that Jonathan Gannon, Jordan Davis, first-round draft choice, Nicobe Dean, Kaiser White, Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, you theoretically have added five new faces to a approach that could change from night and day from a year ago. Okay? Night and day. Jeff says this. You took the words right out of my mouth. What's that, Dan? Thanks. Hey, all I'm saying to you, Jeff, is that I believe that this football team has a chance to do great things this year. We were all in the 10 to 12 wins radius somewhere in there, I think, if I'm not mistaken. By the way, Hollis Thomas will join us on Friday. I think we're all in that room somewhere between 10 and 12 wins. I don't want to go crazy and say 13, but somewhere in there, right? Somewhere in there, right? Somewhere in there. These three guys have to play great. And what I mean by the coaches playing great, dude, they got to have a great season in play calling. Will Nick Sirianni improve as a play caller? Those first seven games were not very good. They were not very good. And when they got in big games with good football teams, he was clearly outcoached. Jonathan Gannon, I don't know. I can't tell you how many people that we've brought on this program that are not impressed with him. That guy was up for some head coaching gigs. If I'm not mistaken, I think he interviewed for the Houston Texans head coaching vacancy. Before Lovey got it, I think Gannon, I think Gannon had an interview. Okay? So, to me, again, okay, yeah, Randall, I can't believe that Jonathan Gannon also, with that performance from a year ago, I'm with you here. I am. Because I, I wasn't impressed. We had Seth Joyner on with us yesterday for over an hour. Seth goes, man, I'm not impressed at all. I, I want to see it in September. And again, I always tell you this, guys. This is when rents do. By the way, please hit the like button. And again, if I missed out and people are now joining us here, don't forget Brian Westbrook will join us. That'll be an hour number two at 430. All right. So I saw some national buzz here for Jacob Sports. Love it. The guys, I believe it was yesterday, had Andy Reid on. And they were talking, and I, I guess Andy made a comment about Jalen Hurts. And it got some run in the national media, which is spectacular. Isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Xander, I know you remember this. Like a couple weeks ago, we had Kevin Colbert on. And he's a fan and almost echoed exactly what Andy said about Jalen Hurts. So you had the general manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, a fan of Jalen Hurts. You had the head football coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid, a fan of Jalen Hurts. I got to tell you something. This guy's got quite a reputation. Quite a reputation. Those are two storied franchises in the NFL, and they have a high regard for Jalen Hurts. 
That says a lot about Howie. That says a lot about Howie here. And the character of Jalen Hurts. I'm not talking about him being a great quarterback here. I'm not talking about what he has to do to keep. I'm talking about how people look at him and how people revere him. It is a night and day comparison to Carson Wentz when Wentz was here. This guy here has a reputation, not just in Philadelphia. Jalen Hurts has a reputation from Tuscaloosa to Norman to Kansas City to Pittsburgh and everywhere else in the NFL. That's quite a statement. I thought about that because I was reading and I saw Andy make those comments on Sports Take. You know, you have a guy that's willing to work and he wants to be great. Didn't that almost echo what Kevin Colbert said, who was on our show? The general manager of the Steelers, I guess that's being passed on now. And Kevin stepped down, they got a replacement. Amar Khan, I think, is now going to be, by the way, um, Andy Weidel is now the assistant general manager in Pittsburgh. They got two guys in the building now, pretty good personnel guys too, taking over for Kevin Colbert. Howie, he may not be a franchise quarterback. He may not be, but I'll tell you what, he's a franchise person. I'm not talking to, I get it. Listen, it's, he's a great guy. At the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is not a great guy, but he's a spectacular quarterback. And I would take Aaron Rodgers over the great guy every day. I understand that as well as anybody. Okay. Hey, you know, William, William, it only counts here. Zach, appreciate you coming in here, man. Okay. All I'm saying to you is, is that this guy's built up quite a reputation for himself. Kudos to Jalen Hurts. Kudos to Jalen Hurts. I had to say that. You know, because we sit here and we're critical of him. We say what he's got to do. He's got to be one of the guys that has to be a superstar. He's got to be one of the guys that goes out and leads his foot. We all know that, okay? We talked at nauseum about it. Christopher says we'll see this year. Yes, Christopher, I'm talking about the man, okay? I'm talking more about the man here than I am about the player, and you're right. Does that coincide with one another? I think it does a little bit. How can you lead a team when things are going bad? What happened when things were going great for Carson Wentz? By the way, I've got a Carson Wentz story that I want to read to you guys here in a couple seconds, and it relates to Howie Roseman. And you tell me if you think there's any credence to this. I'm going to read this story. This was by a Philadelphia plugged-in media member that sent this to me. And I'm going to read it. It was a relationship between Carson Wentz and Howie Roseman. And I'm going to ask you, if there was any credence or any truth to these comments. But I wanted to start it with Jalen Hurts' reputation. you got the great, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, Andy Reid, with great kudos and great reverence for Jalen. And we, we had Kevin Colbert on, who won numerous Super Bowls in Pittsburgh as the general manager. 
And he's like, I love the kid. We, we, we thought a lot of him and we talked to him and they were thinking of bringing him in. They loved him. All right. No, no, I'm not fault. No, this is nothing to do with me, Chris. I'm talking about how the league looks at him. Okay. I think you're mistaken, Andy Reid, and what Kevin Colbert are saying about your boy. That's all I'm saying. I think it's pretty cool. I'd rather have those guys. I'll tell you this. Jalen Hurts will get a job if he doesn't stay in Philly. Because too many people in the NFL respect him. And when you have that kind of respect, you're always going to work in the league. You're always going to have an opportunity to work in the National Football League when people look at you like that and think you're somebody special. Like you said, this has got to come down to whether or not this guy here produces. LP, thank you very much, man. That's the best part of Hurts. He knows he knows what he has to do. You don't have to tell him. LP, it's not only that, but you know what else he is? He knows who he is. He knows, like you said, what he has to do to improve. Okay? Paul says, you and Hollis and Seth, shit talking on the D last night. Loved it. No, I was talking about the approach. Yeah, LP, man, that's really cool of you. Thank you so much. Really appreciate that. All right, guys. I'm going to read you a story. And I want to ask you if this has any substance to it. A media person sent me this. Okay? And they asked me for my thoughts. And the Philadelphia Eagles are a little bit nervous about this story. It's a relationship between Howie and Carson Wentz. And this happened allegedly in the locker room. I would like to read this to you now. When did Carson Wentz get his concussion? Do you remember the game Wentz got his concussion in? Because I need some context on that. When he was with the Eagles, do you remember when he got, what game it was? Howie, was it the Seahawk game? And was that the Clowney play? Was that the Clowney play? Where he got hurt and he didn't come back. Was that the, it was the Clowney play. Okay. After the concussion, Howie was yelling at Wentz and his wife in the locker room. She was crying. The training staff almost got into a fist fight with Howie. Howie's exact words. If you don't get your fucking ass back on that field, you'll never wear the jersey again. Carson met with Jeff Laurie and said, I can't work with Howie anymore. Ertz did the same thing. Jeff did nothing, and you saw the result last year. The relationship was never again to be repaired. When he drafted Hertz, 
He sent Carson a text, and he was laughing at him. Yep, Carson did not want to ever leave Philadelphia. He didn't ever care about the drama, but he and Howie, it was never going to happen ever again. Both neither were an option. It was what we saw, and he, prior to him being on the MRI results, but as soon as the surgeon said surgery only was scheduled immediately, there was never a debate. He was just pissed with the media. Nobody knows the truth, what whatsoever about what happened in Philly. He was supposed to be traded after the Seattle game because Howie didn't want him in the building. Ertz said he wanted out as well. Howie grabbed Carson grabbed Carson while he was puking in the locker room and the trainer grabbed Howie off of him and got fired for doing so. After the concussion, did that trainer get fired? Did that trainer get fired? He was also told to scrub all things from his social media by Howie Roseman. I find that hard to believe. Okay? Now, wait, no, no, no. Wait a minute, Paul. I'm not saying that this is true yet. I'm saying, has anybody heard this? Because I'm not going to sit here and run with the story here. There's a media person in Philly who sent me that. And he goes, Sills, I want you to take a look at this. And I said this, I go, well, I need some people to back this thing up here before I'm going to sit here and go along with it. Now, I'm gonna, I thought, well, let me ask the people if they heard anything about this. Did the medical guy get fired? Um, Eastside, Mo- hey, <laughs> I'm not saying, I'm not picking a side here. I have no side yet. Okay. Did, did the trainer get fired? Chris says, I never heard any of that. Okay. No, never heard this story. Okay. First time hearing it, Randall. At the time, people were sick of Carson, not just Howie. I think if there was some truth to the players would come to Carson's defense. Agreed, Derek. But maybe maybe Zach Ertz. Didn't you find a way? Let me ask you something, though. And again, I'm not picking a let's 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 get in front of it. I'm not picking a side here. But let me ask you something. Do you think the way that Cart that um Zach Ertz was dealt, was weird. No, 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 Bob. Bob, I'm not breaking anything here. I'm asking a question here. If anybody had heard this story, and for me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to cooperate whether or not that trainer was fired. No, 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 Chris, do what the hell ever you want to do, dude. I don't give a shit what you do with it. I'm asking a stupid question, guy. Okay? Okay? Did you find it weird 
how Zach Gertz, he played, and as he was walking off the field, how he told him he was dealt to the Cardinals. Okay? Chris, right? Did, didn't he, was it the Monday night Cowboy game? Was it the Monday night Cowboy game where he played and then he was walking off and he was traded to the Cardinals? Really weird, like. And again, I, I, I don't know if there's anything to it. I, I, I don't know. Okay. It was the Cowboy game. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the whole Zach Gertz deal and trading him. Let me ask you this. Were he and Carson Wentz thick as these? I was told by this one media person that those two dudes were thick as these with each other, and those two dudes were very tight. Is that true? And said that Zach never got the way that Howie treated Carson Wentz and was always defending him but he was told by media people inside the building, don't go crazy or Howie will come down on you. And Zach was always a Carson guy. And that's why he ended up getting rid of Zach Ertz. Now, let me ask you guys something here. And let's, let's kind of try to put the tea leaves. Do I believe the story? I don't know. Do I believe GMs are shady and how they do business? Yes. But if you're trying to develop, if you're trying to develop a quarterback, you bring in A.J. Brown, you you draft Devontae Smith, why in the hell would you get rid of a top-flight tight end like Zach Ertz, who just got a contract extension from Steve Kime in Arizona? So basically what they did was they decided to move the Zach Ertz money that he was owed to AJ? That's all they did. They dumped Zach for AJ, which is okay. Is that an upgrade? Yeah. Yes. But then I start thinking about it. This is what got DeAndre Hopkins and his camp pissed off at the Texans. I mean... Quite frankly, if you're DeAndre Hopkins, let's just say here, you're DeAndre Hopkins. You mean to tell me you'd rather have Kyler Murray throwing you the ball or would you rather have Deshaun Watson throwing you the ball? Where do you think your stats are going to lie? You're going to be a 100-catch, perennial 100-catch guy with Deshaun. I don't know about Kyler Murray getting you 100 catches. Okay? I don't really, I don't know. Jury's still out on that kid on whether or not he's going to be a premium passer. He's a fine ball player. I think he's got a lot ahead of him. But I'll take Deshaun. If I'm a wide receiver, I want to play with Deshaun Watson more than I want to play with Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray relies on moving the chains at least 40% of the time with his legs. Okay? So you're telling... Okay, so wait a minute here. Jalen says... Zach Ertz's contract was high. Well, then guess what they did then? Okay, Zach, think about this. All they did was just move Zach Ertz's contract on what they were going to pay him in the lap of A.J. Brown. 
It's not like they made a reach here. Again, is it an upgrade? Yes. Yes. But I started thinking about it. Man, if you're trying to develop an offense, who, no, 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 here, let's do this. Is Zach Ertz better than Dallas Goddard? Okay, is Dallas, is Dallas Goddard, you think, better than Zach? Yeah, but look at Paul. Ertz wanted $17 million. So how we just gave AJ three more million? Look, it's not a bad, it's not a bad adjustment. AJ Brown, younger, wide receiver. Again, GMs do this. They they'll move contracts around. Okay, I'll dump this guy so I can go get that guy. That, they do it all the time. It's 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 not like they were paying a guy. $18 million, and they went and got another guy for $18 million. You got to balance your cap here. You guys think that Dallas Goddard is better than Zach Ertz? Huh. Showtime says, yeah, Sills. Ertz is the worst at it, too, isn't he? Every time that guy catches a pass, he falls down right there. I never – and you know what's funny? He goes out to Arizona – and this guy takes it to the house like on the first play. It's crazy. Chris is like, well, here's the Super Bowl, dude. He has potential. Ray, I hate that word. Is Dallas a better blocker? No blocking for, for uh, Zach. That's a fact. I always looked at Zach Ertz, and you tell me, don't you look at Zach Ertz and think of Jason Witten? Jason Witten wasn't going to block defensive ends like Michael Strahan. You know, he, he he's not taking guys like Reggie on or like that. You got to throw that guy on his bonnet. He was a guy like Jason Witten, you know? Witten was better after the catch. He clearly was. Okay, he's a better player after the catch. Okay? Ertz was a hybrid wideout. Kelsey is too a little bit. Kelsey will block a little bit, though. Derek says this. I will say that when Zach went to Arizona, he definitely played harder than his last games in Philly. So let me ask you this. To get back to this, circle back to this story. None of you believe the story, right? Thank you, GT. That was a fun, that was fun. By the way, Hollis, GT, you may think that Hollis and I got into it. We're going to be, he's on the show Friday. So I can't wait. Um, Just to circle back to this story. Do you guys think there's any truth to this story here that Howie, got pissed off at Carson Wentz for not going back in that Seattle game. And he threatened him. Supposedly his wife was there. Zach Ertz was upset. It's just a little shady on how Zach was dealt. Let's ask this. Did did Zach Ertz have a great relationship with Howie Roseman? Surely wasn't evident when the way that they traded him. 
I don't know, man. It did. Hey, you play, and then the next, you're walking off the field, and you're told that you're dealt. Usually, you hold a guy out. Again, all I'm doing here, guys, is asking a question here. I'm not making an indictment, and I'm not. I told you guys, I got the story from a media person who works in radio, and it's not a sports talk show, but works in radio in Philadelphia and said that there was a lot of animosity between Howie Roseman and and Carson Wentz, and it all started with that Seattle game. Did, Did people have a problem with Wentz not going back into that Seattle game after he was hit by Clowney? You know, and, and Paul, watch this. You see Paul's comment? Put that up there. Put Paul's comment up. No one has a great relationship with Howie. That's the way it should be. You should never fall in love with your players. You should, okay? Hey, and get this. Lane's right. Lane is right. A general manager who falls in love with his players like Jerry Jones ends up paying Zeke Elliott money that he doesn't deserve or Tony Romo or any Tony Romo was the highest paid quarterback until Dak got there and he won one playoff game. I don't know. Why would you reward a guy with all that money for one playoff win? What, because he, he, he was a gunslinger? And he looked good on TV. That, that's not how you pay quarterbacks. You pay him for putting big numbers up and big win-loss numbers up. Jalen, that's a great take, too. How he's fine with being hated. You know, hey, when you're a leader, you're hated and loved. Sills, do the Eagles beat Seattle if Wentz plays? Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, maybe that's what really was the final straw. Am I right? Because wasn't Hurts drafted the next year and the next draft in April? How he wasn't going to waste a first-round pick on a quarterback, but he was going to have the antithesis of what... How about this? Jalen would have played. Okay? Jalen would have played. And that's why Howie Roseman wanted that kind of character. And that's what would be his death knell. It kind of makes sense. Because all the things that we talk about with Jalen are the direct opposite. The direct opposite of Wentz, right? I want to get your reaction. Hertz would have played in Seattle. He He would have waited after to go through the concussion protocols. And doesn't it seem you draft a guy with that kind of character because you think the guy that you gave the money to had low character? Was Howie setting the table for him to get his ass out of there from that Seattle game? Was that the end of Wentz, that Seattle game? I want you to think about that. Don't forget Brian Westbrook in hour number two at 4.30. Guys, there is no question it's an, it's an intriguing story, at least. Okay? I want to expand on it a little bit more. Don't forget also our friends at Morgan & Morgan, where the fee is free. Finding that attorney is one of the absolute most important things that you can possibly do. 
And if you're hurt or injured on the job, getting that attorney to get you the fair compensation is important to you and your family. For the people, that's just a slogan. It's who Morgan & Morgan is. It's what John Morgan and his army of attorneys are all about. They fight for you. Over 30 years, $13.5 billion in compensation for all of their clients. Look, 800 strong attorneys to go to battle for you. Offices in Philly, New York, Florida, all across the country. Morgan & Morgan, no case is too small. There's no such thing as a fender bender at Morgan & Morgan. Call them, 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Look, the call is free. The consultation is free. They're open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. Do me a favor. When you call Morgan & Morgan, tell them Big Sill sent you. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. When you're hit from behind in a car crash, the insurance company may try to say, you can't possibly be hurt. It was only a few miles an hour. It's simply not true. You see, here's the thing. Getting hit at 10 miles per hour is like falling off of this. 15 miles per hour, like this. And only 25 miles per hour, this. Injured, dial pound law. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you... Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Thank you, Mama. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. 
Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. Guys, please hit the like button. Brian Westbrook will be with us. That'll be in hour number two at 4.30 Eastern time. We're really looking forward to talking to the legendary Eagle. That'll be in hour number two. Do you find it weird also that Jim Irsay is coming out with all these raving reviews of Matt Ryan? Hear what he said today? Here. We are so excited about Matt Ryan being in the building. Man, his leadership, all the things that he brings to the table, unbelievable. I didn't hear him talking like this when Andrew Luck was in the building. It is clear, at least to me, that Chris Ballard... And Frank Reich did not want to move off of Carson Wentz. The owner didn't like it. Even Wentz a couple days ago said, I don't know where this came from. I have no idea where this came from. I thought we were in a good place. If that's his position, fine. That's all you could say. You're not going to win that argument with an NFL owner. And why, why expand it? Makes no sense. Because it makes you look bad to everyone else in the locker room when you're trying to win people's admiration and you're trying to lead men in another building, show your character that people question and leave it at that. Make a comment, move on. That's all Wentz can do. Sitting around, it's almost like a trap that Jim Mercer setting for Carson Wentz. He wants Wentz to comment. Jim Mercer's pissed off that they gave up of one for him to the Eagles. It's not so much about Wentz. It's the fact that Wentz cost him a one that he's aggravated. I never heard Jim Mercer talking like this about Andrew Luck, about Jacoby Brissett, about any Philip Rivers, I never heard him say anything about those guys. Philip Rivers is a good quarterback. They won 11 ball games with him. And the year that Philip quarterbacked that Colts team, they stretched out Buffalo in the playoffs. That was a, that was a back and forth game. And Philip won a lot of ball games there. He and Frank did a great job. And that was a great relationship. I never heard Ursay saying anything. About the job, one year, Phillip Rivers walks in there. They win 11 games, and they push Buffalo to the limit. They actually could have won that ball game. Just all of a sudden, though, you know, all of a sudden, he's aggravated. He's making these little landmine comments for Wentz to fall into. What he's trying to do is... He's trying to pull the things that were said about him in Philadelphia out of Wentz publicly. It's a shitty move by the owner of the Colts. Shut your face. Matt Ryan hasn't done shit since the Super Bowl. He hasn't done shit. And you're, you're, you're propping him up like he's Johnny Unitas or Peyton Manning. 
It's a shitty move. Hey, guy, that's right. You're the dude that had $35,000 in cash on your chair and opened pill bottles of oxycodone. I'd be careful about who you're talking about with character, Jimbo. Guy's throwing shit at Wentz. By the way, I'm not defending Wentz. I'm talking about Jim Ursay being a douche. Dude, shut up. You haven't played it down yet. He's, oh my God. Greatest thing. You don't even hear Howie talking about Jalen's character. And you've got every coach in the country and every NFL general manager and coach talking about Jalen. That's what you want. Howie is getting praised. When guys like Andy Reid go on Jacob Sports and say, that Jalen kid wants to be a winner. I really love the kid. Paraphrasing. Or when Kevin Colbert comes on our show, they got a guy who wants to be great. They basically echoed it. That's, a, that's an indictment on Howie. Howie doesn't have to sit there and give the kid praise. Head coach of the Chiefs and the general manager of the Steelers are. Shit. Isn't those the greatest compliments you ever get from other people that are in high places? That guy's really great. It's not your boss saying it. It's somebody who doesn't have anything vested in you. Who doesn't really... Either way, it, it, it doesn't do anything to enhance anything they're doing. Kid's great. I love him. Man, you get a tap on the shoulder from Reed or Kevin Colbert. But then you got an owner in Indy going, oh, this guy sucks. He's not. I mean, like, the guy. <laughs> Matt Ryan? Former MVP. Great. What's he done the last four years? Nothing. Okay. Dude, Chris. I mean, again, this is not a, this is not defending Carson. It's just showing you a guy going overboard because he's pissed off the Eagles got over on him. Why doesn't he just say that? The Eagles got over on me. He's mad at Howie. He's not mad at Wentz. He's mad at Chris Ballard. And Frank Reich. He's not mad at Wentz. Okay? Crazy. All right, hit the like button. I want to expand on that story that I threw at you. Also, I got something else here. I got something else here. It's a here. Think about this. Who, will, who do you think of all the veteran players that they brought in is going to have the biggest, the biggest impact on this 2022 season, okay? Who will turn out to be the biggest addition as a veteran that's been brought in? I want to hit a little bit more up on that Wentz and Howie story, but I want you to think about this as well. Hit the like button. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Oh, here. Let's continue. Let's just continue here. Okay? Let's just continue. Let's continue.
Um, let me go here with you guys. So do you think there's any truth to that story? Name brand says how he is gambling. The fact that Hertz will take less and keep talent around him. I'll bet that I'll take that bet that after today with a freaking rolling pin, will I like that? Okay. You think there's any truth to this? That Carson Wentz's career ended in that Seattle game when he didn't go back. Randall, you think there's, how about this? Somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. No, Chris, I think I read it wrong. It's all good. I think I did. (laughs) I think that's on me, Chris. You think there's somewhere in the middle? Okay? Okay? No, hey, Xander, I thought you wanted me to take a piss, so I was going to go to a break. I can't read, so it's on me. My mistake. Okay? (laughs) I can't read. Okay? Oh, Xander was great. Uh, I know Xander's like, okay, what now? Yeah. Xander just goes, hey, Sills, I got to go. I'm like this. I go, hey, let's take a time out here. Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, forget it. Hey, Chris, that's on me, man. I can't read. Then again, you know, they weren't passing those degrees out at Miami like that. Chris, you know what kind of degree I got at Miami? The one that folds in your wallet. (laughs) Spa City. You guys think that Carson Wentz's career ended in that Seattle game? You think there's any truth to that story? Glasses, big sills. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I got rid of the uh, Sally Jesse Raphael's here. Wentz hasn't looked the same since the hit. Isn't that crazy, Derek? It's not the injury in L.A wasn't the injury in LA. You know, when I got the story, I started to try to put a timeline together and I went like this. You think Wentz hasn't been the same since the injury in Los Angeles or since the hit against Seattle? I think it's the hit against Seattle. And that's when management questioned his toughness on going back out in that playoff game and playing. Now, again, these are eyewitnesses, or some are alleging that there's eyewitnesses who saw this and that Wentz had a concussion. And Howie, and I'm paraphrasing the story here, said, you get your ass out there. And then when he didn't, the next year, Hertz was drafted. What game do you think had the biggest impact on Carson Wentz's demise in Philly? The Rams injury or the Seattle concussion? Which one? GT goes Seattle. Yeah, that clowny hit rocked his bell. He threw a TD after the Rams hit. He did, did. Hey, name. Didn't it go like this? I'm, 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 I'm going by memory here. Didn't Wentz score a touchdown? Get pulled off the field? And then they took him in for an MRI? And he was done after that. Didn't he play that last series of downs to get that ball in the end zone? Didn't he score a touchdown? 
Then he got pulled off the field. I think that that's how that worked. Is, is that how that went down like that? He scored. Then he went in for a I, I could swear I remember him walking into the tunnel at the Coliseum. And he was walking off. And I'm like, uh, he'll probably be back. And he wasn't back for the remainder of the year after that. I, I thought he played through that injury, at least for that series. I think that Seattle game, five-star Sills, I was at home on my couch yelling at the TV for Carson to get his ass on the field in the Seattle game. That's the word that was told to me today that was told by a person that I know in Philly. Xander says, I was in the stadium for that game. <laughs> uh, facts, two plays on leg, and yeah, he scored on that play. Yep, he walked off that game with a towel on his head, walking into the dressing room. Wentz played tough, how he says. Both had an impact. Wentz's success in 17 was his ultimate downfall. He came back too early and wasn't right. The Seattle game was his final nail in the coffin. Paul, so you're buying a little bit of this. When he didn't go back in, let me tell you something about Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers played an AFC championship game. I believe it was against the Patriots early on in the early 2000s with a torn ACL and I thought that he was one of the toughest guys. He's limping through it all, man. He played with a, with a torn ACL. You're in the playoffs. I'm with the guys. Man, you're, if it's a regular season game, maybe. But a playoff game? I'm not coming out for shit, man. Bob says, keep my name out of your mouth. That is now, that is now going to be part of our conversation forever. Keep your filthy name out of my mouth. That TD after the injury versus the Rams was a horrible throw at the shoes. McNabb played with a broken leg. I thought that was T.O. that played with the broken leg. When should have gone in after getting the concussion. Concussions are serious. Shouldn't have gone in, Debbie says. Remember, McNabb, broken foot. Okay, I remember that. I remember Leftwich playing like that. Remember his teammates carrying him? Jesus. <laughs> Look at Paul. Look at Paul. Wentz loved Jesus, not football. I don't know there, Paul. Those two things are my favorite things, too. Okay? Those are my two favorite things. The Lord and football. I don't know. Okay? In that order, too. So that's... So you think there could be some... And then the whole Zach Ertz thing. Right? The whole Zach Ertz deal. (laughs) 
Xander's like, God, Jacob Sports, and all of you. Was the Seattle game a year or two after Wentz's ACL? I don't, I don't remember that. What? Nice, Davy boy. Nice. Maybe when I was younger. <laughs> hey, hey, Davy boy. Depending on the night, if it's a Tuesday, maybe. <laughs> it's Players' Day off. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Wife three, eh, after you're married 27 years like me, or 30, whatever. Maybe it's 30, I don't know. After you've been married so long, I've never met a person I hated more than my wife. But I've never met a person I loved more than my wife. That just tells you my relationship with my wife. How's that for you? I've never hated anybody more. But I've never loved anybody more, and I've never trusted anybody more. Isn't that crazy? psychotic relationship to be in tell me that's not the craziest relationship i can't stand you i loved you to the to tears you're the only person i trust aren't those the three things you say to your old lady <laughs> and hey brad it's a love hate thing i guess i've never had anybody talk to me more and wait a minute well now xander's starting to get in there a little bit Xander's starting to talk shit to me, too. Fortunately, we're not married, though. <laughs> Fortunately, we can just hang up on each other. Oh, <laughs> uh, Y'all going to get to Jimmy G. Oh, am I going to get to Jimmy G? How you doing? How you doing? Oh, I'm going to get to Jimmy G. I'm going to get to Jimmy G here in a second. Oh, you can bet I'm going to get to Jimmy G. 49ers are talking about dealing his ass. Don't forget, Brian Westbrook, 4.30 Eastern time. Who do you believe in your heart will have as a veteran addition to the Eagles the best season? Hassan Reddick, James Bradbury, or AJ? Maybe the better question is, who do we need to have? a giant season from out of these three veteran additions. Who has to play big? Who has to be the star of these three dudes? AJ, Hassan Reddick, or James Bradbury? You guys are all saying Reddick. Randall says Reddick all day. Let's see. Let's see the quarterbacks we're playing against. Jared Goff won an NFC championship, first game of the year. Kirk Cousins in week two. Carson Wentz in week three. Trevor Lawrence in week four. Kyler Murray... In week five. And then Dak Prescott in week six before the bye. So listen to those quarterbacks. Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott. 
professional quarterbacks. Like I said, golf won an NFC title. Cousins is thrown for 4,000 yards, a boatload of time. Wentz, question mark, okay. Trevor Lawrence, up-and-coming talent. Kyler Murray, in line to get a $250 million contract. And then Dak. Those are pretty good quarterbacks. Okay? Then out of the bye, I don't know what Steelers are going to do. That's a good thing for the Eagles. I, the quarterback in te- Texas with the Texans, I don't know. Then you get Wentz. Then you get Jim Mercer's favorite quarterback since Johnny Unitas. Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, and Ryan Tannehill. Those first five games have better quarterbacks than the next six. Steelers, I don't know. Texans, I don't know. Washington, Wentz. Colts, Matt Ryan, okay. Packers, Aaron Rodgers, for sure. Texans, or Titans, excuse me, Ryan Tannehill. Hmm. Then you got the Giants, the Bears, (laughs) Dak, Jameis Winston, and then the Giants. You're playing the best quarterbacks in the first five games, in my opinion, on your schedule. Your toughest string of games will be from week 10 to 13. Washington, Colts, Packers, Titans. Who's got to play big? Okay, I'm going to answer that question. Do me a favor, hit the like button. Brian Westbrook will join us at 4.30 Eastern time, too. Eagle legend. Keep it here on the National Football Show. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan for the people.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that can you search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, 
IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Two National Football Show. It's your boy Big Sills. Thanks for stepping in. Please hit the like button. We appreciate everybody coming aboard with us as you always do. Brian Westbrook will be with us at 4:30 Eastern. Don't forget, Hollis Thomas also will be with us on Friday at 3:30 Eastern time. So we're gonna have a couple Eagle guys on this week here. We really appreciate it. We're working on Phil Sims for tomorrow. So We'll see if we can get Phil on. And I'm waiting for Chris to release his quarterbacks, okay? Okay? I'm waiting to see where he puts Jalen. Okay? I'm waiting to see that. So, guys, please hit the like button. Thank you so much. I asked you the question at the top of the hour here. Who will turn out to be the Eagles' biggest veteran addition in 2022? Um. And I, and I read you, I think the first five games, you're playing against the five best quarterbacks in a string of games. Okay, I, I think the tougher stretch of the schedule is Washington, Colts, Packers, and Titans. That's week 10 through 13, okay? But Golf, Cousins, Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray, and then Dak. I think that's your tougher stretch of quarterbacks that you're going to have to play. And what was the biggest issue on the team last year? Lack of pass rush and secondary not being able to play press coverage. You heard Seth talking about that at length yesterday, and you've heard others come on the program and talk at length about it. We talked about it last night on Seth's show on how that defense is so vanilla. They've got to do things that are going to stop these guys from coming into Lincoln Financial or when the Eagles go on the road, you can't have quarterbacks completing 78%. On completion percentage, you think you're going to win that ball game. I mean, Derek Carr was 90% completion. You can't have that and think you're going to be in a ball game. You put your defense and their backs against the wall every time when you're not being productive like that. Um. Boy, pass rush has to be important. But those cornerback plays, they have to be instrumental in helping the rush. James Bradbury, okay? Is he going to be a major part? Absolutely. A.J. Brown. I'm still going to be interested to see how Nick Sirianni uses him. The one thing that he does well is the one thing Jalen doesn't do well. Throw across the middle. He goes across the middle. That's A.J. Brown's forte. 
Is Jalen going to be able to find him going across the middle? And is he going to have the confidence? Look, if I had A.J. Brown or Jerry Rice or guys like that going across the middle, Andre Johnson, Megatron, I had guys like that going across the middle, my confidence level would raise. If I go to the line of scrimmage, and I know I have Julian Edelman and Amendola, Welker, Kronk, you know, I mean, I'm Brady. I have confidence because I know they're going to be doing the right things and they're going to be in the right position. Remember something about Brady, and Jalen's got to be a little bit like Brady. You know why? Brady throws the spots. Aaron Rodgers throws the people. He's so gifted. He throws the people. He knows where to get the ball. Right shoulder, left shoulder, lead him. Brady's not that player. Brady throws the spots. That's why he gets aggravated when guys don't run proper routes. Jalen's got to be that kind of guy too. Jalen's got to throw to spots until he increases his arm strength and his proficiency on reading defenses. He's, he's got to throw to spots. So you've got to have trust that your wideouts are going to be running a 13-yard in and not a 14-yard in or 12-yard round off you got to be on your spot because Jalen's going to be throwing the spots. Okay? Um, He's got to. That's who he is. It's not a – hey, Brady – Peyton Manning was that guy. Peyton Manning's not throwing the guys. Guy had a noodle arm. But he knew where to go, and that's why Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne, okay, and all those guys – practice the way they did they practiced and practiced because they wanted to be right in their route proficiency running and and it was it was it was something that was worth watching just two hours before a game those guys are out there throwing the ball around like that okay he had great touch well over the years brady They weren't winning Super Bowls because of Tom Brady in the first 10 years of Brady's run in New England. They were winning it on defense and special teams and Adam Vinatieri. How many Super Bowls did they win with special teams in the first 10? Brady became even more proficient towards the middle and towards the back end of his 20-year run in New England. But at the first part of it, it was defense and special teams and Brady knowing where to go with the ball. He improved all those other things. That's why he runs with Tom House all the time in the offseason. He's improving his arm strength. He's improving his hips. He never wants to get tight in the hips. Chris, that's the thing right there. Manning and Brady's proficiency on being able to read defenses is off the charts great. Howie Howie Weasel says, arm talent isn't fixable. No, but that doesn't make you the best quarterback on the planet. Jeff George had a cannon for an arm, okay? He had a cannon for an arm, and this guy had a trillion-dollar arm and a two-cent head. What do you want to have? A trillion-dollar arm or a two-cent head? There's so many guys that have great arms, Okay, and they're not near the quarterback. Like, look, we talked about this yesterday with Aaron Rodgers versus Brady. You don't really think that 
Tom Brady is anywhere near the athlete at the quarterback position that Aaron Rodgers is. It's not close. Watching Rodgers throw the football versus Brady is a joke. But then you start putting resumes in and the other intangibles that go along with winning ballgames. Brady's more patient. He's patient. Rodgers isn't. Okay? Brady wants a relationship with all of his wideouts. He wants to know what they're thinking, feeling. He wants to know if I can count on you. Aaron Rodgers doesn't dive into a relationship like that. Okay? He doesn't go into whether or not he knows the context of the guy and what he's built on. Brady wants to get in there. Why do you think he had Aaron Rodgers' um, number every time that he plays him? Or by the way, why do you think he put Aaron Hernandez's locker right next to him? Because he knew he had to keep an eye on him. This guy had Gronk and Aaron Rodgers. You know who his favorite target was? Aaron Hernandez. Chris, Jay Cutler, I was thinking of that dude too. Another guy with a two-cent head. Hey, Slasher, that's not really true. When Steve Young retired, he retired the all-time completion percentage, and he was one of the better proficient quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Okay, his quarterback rating was high. His completion percentage was awful high. Steve was very good at that. He sucked in Tampa. Okay, he sucked in Tampa. Howie says, the Eagles' weakest link. Well, you better hope it ain't. And by the way, I don't think the Eagles' weakest link, I don't think it is their quarterback. Okay? I don't think it is. I think it's the health of your running back sometimes. I think it's your, I think it's your linebacking core. By the way, your depth at tight end sucks. All right? The Eagles' depth at tight end sucks. You better hope Dallas Goddard don't go down because you'll be playing hybrid guys in there or you may get J.J. in there. He may be playing that position. You better hope that guy don't go down because you have no depth there. And by the way, Devontae goes down. So who are you moving in there? Zach Pascal? A.J. Brown and Zach Pascal and Quez Watkins don't scare me. If I'm a DC, that doesn't scare me. And with a developing Jalen Hurts, that doesn't scare me. And with an often injured Miles Sanders, that doesn't scare me. Okay? I mean, so health, we, but we've said this. Hey, and so you know, I'm not trash talking because I'm picking you to win the NFC. I'm talking about what I said a couple weeks ago, health and hurts. Sirianni and Gannon. Those, those chips have to all be exceptional this year. All those. Okay? The rookie is great. How do you know that? He hasn't even been in full gear yet. He said helmets and shorts. How can you say it? The new guy's good. He just got his helmet a week ago. Come on, dog. Okay? Come on. Your tight end position is weak. There's no depth there. Well, I think this guy, yeah, yeah, well, no, I don't see it yet. I haven't seen it with numbers yet. See, that's the great thing about the NFL and how I, how I cover it. I'm not a fortune teller. 
I look at what's happened, what you have, where you're going, what your history is. Then you put it together here. Okay? What above all said, this is the best linebacking core we've had in 10 years. That's not really saying much. But they're good. What above all? But they're good. They're not great, but you don't have to be great with that core group any longer. I don't think you win ball games with great linebackers any longer. Who's the best linebacker in the NFL right now that you consider? I'm talking about a true linebacker, not a Michael Parsons. Because he's a hybrid edge rusher guy. Who would you say is the best linebacker? The kid in Tampa? He's pretty good. Who else? Who, who else did you say? Guy just got traded from Seattle. Okay. Who's the best? Who's the best? You're not going to name a premier guy in the league. I'll tell you this. There ain't no linebacker in the National Football League you're going to pay $25 million to. That's another one of those positions. Okay? That's another That's another position you don't pay. I'm not paying a linebacker $20 million. The kid in Tampa's great, Chris. Look, look what you're saying. Bud Dupree? Leonard and Warner? Those are good. Those are good players. I'm paying, I'm paying DBs like Jalen Ramsey. I'm gonna pay edge rushers. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pay wideouts, quarterbacks. Okay, DeMar- hey, Demario Davis, great. He's not you're not talking about him being one of the elite defenders that you have to have on your ball team, though, to win a game. The Rams are showing you that. Pay for an edge rusher, have an elite corner, have a great wide receiving core, quarterback that can get him the ball, proficient in the O-line, you can win some ball games if you have a great play caller. And they got two good play callers. Raheem Morris, let's not forget, was a former NFL head coach when he was with the Bucs. He got that job too soon. I was down there. And I thought he got that job too soon. I think Raheem will get another opportunity. He's a good coach. I like Raheem Morris. Okay? He's a friend of mine. I like him. You basically got two head football coaches on that Rams team. That's by design with McVay. McVay does that. You see, the, the Eagles don't have that. If I was, you know, then again, you see, this is the one thing that I don't get with um. This is the one thing that I don't get with Howie. So you have two training wheels coaches. Um, he'll hold on for a second, Brian. Brian said he hasn't received the email here. Uh, should I say, hey, Xander, should we say check his email or check the spam? Want to double check here. Um, okay. Want to make sure we get that sending. Brian Westbrook there. So, hey, and by the way, Hightower's still a free agent. That just shows you. Hightower's still a free agent. 
Okay? He's still a, a, a free agent here. So, I mean, here, here's some of the names. Hakeem Hicks, DT Bears, Dwayne Brown, OT, Gronk, OBJ, Eric Fisher, another OT. Not that the Eagles need it. Hightower, you just mentioned, he's still a free agent. A.J. Johnson, I actually like that kid from the Broncos. I actually like him, man. I do. I actually like him. So, yeah, no, I, I, I dig him. I do. I really do. I like him a lot. So, for me, the guy that's got to have really the big year of the veteran additions. I really do agree it's got to be Hassan Reddick. I think Hassan Reddick, in my opinion, dude, this guy puts a 12-sack year up. Boy, the Eagles are going to be able to do so many more things with the versatility and the depth that they have um, in their front seven. With the addition of N'Kobe Dean and everyone else that they added, the Kaiser Whites, TJ Edwards, who played not too bad last year. Plus, now you've got those guys. And by the way, I like Milton Williams. I think Milton Williams is going to have a lumberyard on his shoulder. I think they're going to be tough at the point of attack in the middle. And I think, hey, by the way, Sweat wasn't that bad either last year. I thought he had a pretty decent season too. All of that's going to improve now that you've got two corners back there too. And Gannon, this is why I keep putting it on him. Gannon, in my opinion, has a lot of pressure on his ass. He has been the coach, in my opinion, that has been given all of <clears throat> that has been given all of the new tools for him to succeed. Okay. He he's he's been afforded all the new toys, in my opinion. And he's got a show, and we were talking about this last night on Seth's show. Okay, we were talking about it on Seth's show last night. Dude, he's got to show some creativity. You've got all those pieces, and you've got the ability now to be able to go there and, and win some games. Um, you've got a lot of talent on your football team now. Got a lot of talent on your football team. All right, I want to take a timeout, make sure that we get everything all lined up here too for Brian Westbrook here. Want to make sure we're all lined up. Guys, do me a favor. Please hit the like button. We're going to catch up with our friend Brian Westbrook, one of the great and legendary Eagles of all time. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. Choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. 
And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back. National Football Show with your boy, Big Sales. Appreciate you coming aboard with us here. We're efforting our friend, Brian Westbrook, and we're going to get him on real soon here. So keep hitting the like button. We appreciate it. Until then, I want to hit on some other stuff here. Um, You know, one of the things that you're going to start seeing now is you're going to start seeing football teams start to put these 90 guys together and what they're going to go to camp with. And you're going to start looking at rosters, how deep the roster is, how good I'll get, I'll give you guys a little bit of insight here on one thing and how Jimmy Johnson used to always tell me how he used to build his roster. Jimmy was never looking to replace the top 1% of the Cowboys. He was always looking to replace the bottom 1% guys from 45 down because he always believed that the war of attrition in the NFL is going to rear its head somewhere in the season, whether it be the middle part, early, late, what have you. And we all know this, you can have a great roster in September. That roster can fall apart by November, right here. And let me give you a great example of a team that weathered it a year ago. Look at how good the Titans are built. And to me, when you're talking about having a football team constructed, got a great coach in Mike Vrabel. You got a really great organization in Tennessee. 
Tennessee loses Derrick Henry, they still go on and win the number one seed in the AFC. They get the bye. How was that done? Everyone said that, well, Ryan Tannehill's not going to lead that Titans team across the finish line to get them the bye. He did. And it shows you. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm tying this in with Jalen here. Jalen doesn't have to be exceptional. He doesn't. He's got to be consistent. And the thing that I was always told, and again, you know, and again, I use the benchmark of Jimmy Johnson because it's the Hall of Fame coach that I played for, okay? Jimmy wasn't really looking for spectacular plays. What he was looking for was you not making the dumb one that cost your team field position, a touchdown. With the point differential in the NFL being what it is, guys, we all know this, okay? A fumble here, we see it all the time every single Sunday. A fumble here, an INT here, losing a field position. How many times do we see a mistake cost a team a football game or an opportunity to go on and have a great season? We see that all the time. That's why the uh, turnover differential is one of the most important stats you could possibly have on your football team. We all know this. It's important not to make that critical mistake. I'll ask you this, guys. Let me get your response on it. You think this football team's deep enough to get through this? Look, you're protected at quarterback. If your quarterback goes down, you're not going to have a tragedy there like you have going on in Green Bay. If Green Bay loses Aaron Rodgers, that season's over. They're a four-win football team at best. At best. Okay? Look at look at in 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 Dallas. Prescott gets hurt again. That situation is over. That's the ability when you're not paying big money for a quarterback for you to be able to carry two. You know, you know what's funny? I, I'm hearing now that Jimmy Garoppolo is most likely going to be traded when he's 100% healthy. You know what his cap hit is? His cap hit is 26-6. And you got a rookie on a contract in Trey Lance. If you're the 49ers, are you really moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo? Are you really trading him away? And maybe your security blanket and your secret weapon, if Lance doesn't pan out, are you really, is the draft? Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers choice 
more important to you than winning games. Now, look, I get it. You gave up a lot of assets. You gave up a ton of assets to get into the position that you did with the Dolphins and all the commodities that you traded away to get Trey Lance. Yale, I'm with you. I think it's risky, too. That's the part where Howie has really done a great job. He's actually done this. There's a lot of things that he's done with this roster over the last two years, okay, that has taken some of the risk away. They're deep in the O-line. Do you know how great that is? Do you know how many? Look at the Giants. The Giants have not been able to build an offensive line for five years. Five years. Okay? They've not been able to build it for five years. The Eagles, second O-line, their second team guys, might actually be better than the New York Giants O-line. That's how deep they are. That is such a great, that won you the Super Bowl in 17. That won you the Super Bowl. Look at where the Eagles are right now. This is why I'm picking you guys to win the NFC. You're deep again on the D-line. You're deep again in the O-line. And now, again, you have the combination that you had when you were making those playoff runs and going deep into the playoffs. And you have something here that resembles what Howie built a couple years ago, right? You got your fronts. Take me back and do this. How good was the linebacking? Let, let, let's match that up. Okay? Okay? This team has got an opportunity. All right. Hey, man, we've had some really great Eagles and legendary Eagles on the program this week. Seth was on for over an hour with me yesterday. Hollis Thomas is going to be with me on, on Friday. And, you know, I was stalking Brian Westbrook's Twitter, and I saw all of his teammates that he had from the early 2000s. So one thing that I'm learning about the Philadelphia Eagles, it is a tremendous brotherhood. And we bring Brian Westbrook on with us right now. And, Brian, I got to thank you for coming aboard. Dude, I was stalking your, your Twitter page, and I'm going to take you back here. And I'll never forget because Jerome Brown told me when he got to Philadelphia, he said, Sills, there's no community, there's no team that I've ever played for outside of my Canes teams and with you guys that I've ever seen anything like it. It's a pretty cool fraternity, isn't it, Brian, to be part of that Eagle family? You know what it is? It's a brotherhood. It truly is. And every time that we have an opportunity to come together and get together as as competitors, as friends, as brothers, as a family, it's a beautiful thing. And last week uh, for the Brian Dawkins Foundation, his Impact Foundation, just a great event. But, you know, just being around the guys, and you know the feeling. When you're around the guys, in the locker room with the guys, old things start to come up. You start playing all those crazy jokes on each other and, and talking about each other. And that's the good old days. And those are the memories that you always take with you. You know, I tell people all the time, hopefully you leave the game with a couple of dollars, you know, some money in your pocket. We a hundred percent sure we'll leave with some injuries. The most important thing that you leave the game with is some memories. And when you bring back everyone 
um, especially in the Philadelphia Eagles locker room, that that brotherhood, that family, it's a special feeling, and we enjoyed it last week. I'm going to make a comment to you here that if you were playing at today's NFL, let me see, let me get the calculator out here. Let me go like this here. I would say this. Um, with a guy who was a tremendous pass catcher, a guy who ran the ball as tough as you did in between the tackles, I got I, I don't know, there's like a 20 in there somewhere. I'll tell you, I mean, Brian, you were like ahead of your time because when you see the blind, when you see the running backs today, Alvin Kamara kind of had your game on what you did when you were back with the Eagles in the 2000s. Talk about the change in the how how the running back position is today compared to when it was back in the day, 28 carries, 150 yards like Emmett. It's completely inv- revolved around what's today's guy, right? Catching the ball and running the ball. Well, yeah, th- those days and really, you know, right at the beginning of my career, Marshall was doing it. I mean, and he had the ability to change the course of games quickly because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield as well as run it. I was doing it a little bit there. Ladanian was doing it. And then you jumped – you pat your pass over guys like Adrian Peterson and some of the other guys, but now you have guys Christian McCaffrey, uh, 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 Alvin Kamara, different guys around the league that have the ability to change the course of a game very, very quickly by catching the ball out of the backfield by being multiple. And really, for me, it was all about I never wanted to come off the field. I don't want to give coach a reason to come off the for for me to come off the field. And and when I think about it, it really goes back for me. Uh, when I first started, they said, listen, you're just a special teamer. You're just a third down back. And I fought that my entire career because I wanted to be more the, to the team than just those things. And now when you look at what running backs do, you they, you say, hey, you're going to have 15 carries in the game, but we want you to have seven or eight catches. That's how this offense is, is becomes explosive. And that's what I try to do back in the day when I was playing. And so, you know, we were kind of ahead of the curve, but you know, that's where that's where teams are going to. You have to be multiple. You have to get defenses off balance. And we were able to do that if you have a running back that can do both. You know, Brian, to me, I think what fans don't realize, what keeps you on the field, which is funny, and I would imagine that this is what kept you on the field also. Why is it so hard for running backs to understand blocking assignments and picking up like linebackers blitzing or you get a dog from a free safety or strong safety? I mean, you look at the guy Rashad Penny in Seattle. He can't stay on the field for two things, health, and he can't pick up blitzers. Yeah. Why is that such a major problem when it comes to young players at that position? Well, when I go ask my kids to go wash the dishes, they do such a terrible job that I don't ask them to do it anymore, and it's a want-to. They don't want to wash the dishes, so the job that they do is absolutely terrible. And what running backs have to understand in this league, this was told to me my first year. Listen, if you don't protect number five, then I guarantee you, you will not play. There's two things you had to do for me when I came to the league. Hold them to the football. Obviously, you can't put the ball on the ground. And you got to protect number five. And part of protecting protecting number five is understanding defenses, understanding our scheme, and being at the right place at the right time. And that was something that I took to heart. And again, I knew that I would become more and more valuable to our team if I was a much more well-rounded running back. I'm more valuable to the passing game if I can catch the ball out of the backfield. But more importantly, if there's a blitz, I can pick up a blitz. I'm more valuable to the running game and the team if I can run the ball efficiently. Oh, and then if there's a passing down, I can catch the ball too. That keeps me on the field. I always wanted the team to feel that 
there was a void when I was off the field. And a big part of that is pass blocking. And so I wanted to pass block. I, I got better at that. That was something that I worked on every single day. And, and quite honestly, most running backs in today's game, they feel like, oh, I don't get paid to pass block. I get paid to get yards because that doesn't show up in your stats. And when it's time for contracts, those things don't show up. I believe that my value wasn't just in the stats that you see. My value is when you take me off the field, now the team suffers. And I think that I was able to achieve that throughout my career. Absolutely here. I'm going to ask you about Miles Sanders and the current Eagles here. His contract is up this year, and he's going into his final season here. He's the highest paid guy um, in the huddle outside of A.J. Brown with their new addition. He's making $2.5 bucks. He's been often injured here. Just your perspective here. Um, even if he has a decent season here, do you think he's the future running back of this football team? Would you extend him or would you look at him and say, we'll give you an offer. And if not, we'll go into the draft and find someone else. How do you look at Miles Sanders? Well, well, first of all, I, I always start with the money. And I, when I say two and a half million bucks, which is a lot of money, let's not get that twisted. That's a lot of money. But for someone that's in theory is going to touch the ball 20 to 25 times a game, that's nothing. And that's how the devaluation of the running back position has gone in the NFL. So that that kind of is sad in my mind. But, you know, I, I I think Miles Sanders has all the talent in the world to be one of the better running backs in the league. Unfortunately, he hasn't tapped into that totally yet. In order for Miles to be valued like one of the top talented backs in the league, like I think he is, he has the talent to be because he's fast, he's strong, he's explosive, he, can, he, can, he has a shiftiness, he can get in and out of the hole. He has to do a couple of things. He has to learn how to catch the ball much, much better, much more fluid in the passing game than he has. When we just talked about all the backs that are getting money, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, they catch the ball out of the backfield. They're a big part of the passing game. So he has to figure a way out to do that. The other thing, uh, he has to be able to learn consistently how to make that first person miss. If you can do that in the NFL, it takes your average from, you know, three yards a, a carry to five. Consistently make that first man miss. And I think he has the talent to be able to do that. Last but not least, this is a hard part for running backs, is stay healthy. Um, he has to stay on the field. The more that he's able to be on the field, the more that people will, around the league will be able to see how good of a player he actually is and the more touches he's actually going to get. Unfortunately, as soon as he's getting going these last couple of years, he, he's fallen an injury. I mean, he's fallen to, to, to injuries, and that's just hard. And and so, listen, injuries are part of the game. There's nothing that he's doing to make himself get injured, but he has to find a way to play through some of those things if it's possible. And if he does that, I think he has all the talent. So when you talk about will he be the guy after this year, it's really going to come down to how he does this year. If he plays in 10 games, he will not be the guy next year. If he can get himself up here to 14, 15 games, he's going to be good enough and put enough, put up enough stats to be the guy next year. So I would feel very positive as long as he plays them enough games that he'll be the guy uh, in the following season. You know, Brian, I, I, I talked to Eric Dickerson about this years ago. You know, his first two years in the NFL, he had 4,000 yards. And I asked him, I go, you know, what was the biggest issue that you had when you came in? He goes, it's conditioning. When you're a running back, your conditioning is going to prevent you from getting hurt. And if you're not training hard enough, he goes, I got 300 carries my first year. Oh, my God, I was out of gas by week 14. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to stay in shape. Do you think that that's also a part of injury reduction is to make sure because that running back position, especially a multi-guy like you, dude, you're blocking, you're out in the screen game, 
You're out on the perimeter. You're in the slot sometimes. You're running in between the tackles. Of all the positions on the team, you've got to have maybe the most condition to have injury prevention. Do you agree with that? Well, you certainly have to be well-conditioned. I mean, you just do. And no matter what position you play in the NFL, you have to be well-conditioned. And at the running back position, you're going to be getting hit from all different angles. That's the hard part. Usually if you're an offensive tackle, you know where the guy is coming from. The guy's right in front of you. The hard part, this is where tackles get injured, is when they get blindsided from the side, right? That's when they get the knees and the ankles and everything like that. That's when they get injured. The hard part for the running back is when you go through that hole, some of these guys are ear-holding you. They, they, you don't see those guys coming. That's where things get a little bit ugly for you. And so I think, you know, when we talk about Miles, I think he's conditioned well enough. But, again, part of the NFL is playing through some stuff. Part of the NFL is being a fast healer. That, that, that's just what it is. And a, a, a big part of the NFL, especially at the running back position, is being able to say, yeah, you know what, I'm at 60, and I got to play like I'm at 100. And sometimes that's a mental thing. It has nothing to do with your physical makeup. It's a mental thing. And that's, that's that you, you go into Monday after the game, you say, you know what, yeah, I'm banged up. I don't feel good. But I'm playing on Sunday, so it ain't nothing that's going to happen. I'm going to soak up as much treatment as I possibly can, but I'm playing on Sunday no matter what. That's the mindset that you have to have um, consistently. And really, I would say that about any position in the NFL because injuries is part of the game, but especially the running back position. Are you a Jalen Hurts fan? I I, I am a Jalen Hurts fan. Um, That doesn't mean that he doesn't have his flaws. I think he has – the ability to be better. You know, the one thing that I'm excited about Jalen Hurts this year, first of all, he's a worker. He's going to work his butt off. So he's going to put in the work to become better. I think he's also honest enough with himself to say, I got to be an improved passer for this team to be good. The great thing about the Eagles is that they put the right pieces around him. You got a running back. You got one of the better offensive lines in the league. You got a good tight end in Dallas Goddard. You got a first-round pick in Devontae Smith. You got a great all-star type of receiver in A.J. Brown. Offensively, you're not going to get any more weapons than that. So now it's about Jalen Hurts. And here's the question. He hasn't been able to have consistency from the offensive coordinator, coach angle, meaning having the same guy two years in a row probably since he was at Alabama. Now how much better can you be this year that you have Nick Sirianni for two years straight. How much better can you get? Because, you know, in the NFL, here's a weird part. As an athlete, you're saying, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good here. I can make it. I'm, I'm good <laughs> enough. I'm good enough. And the truth is, there are areas where you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm not good enough. I got to improve in these areas. And I, I believe that Jalen Hurts is the type of person that's going to say, I'm going to improve in these areas. And now that I have these weapons, there's no other excuses. Because the Eagles have put in put him in a good position for him. It's either you're gonna you're gonna do great and be successful and be the franchise guy, or you're gonna fail. And if you fail, you have to understand that means you may not get another opportunity in Philadelphia. And so it's a it's a tough position to be in, but it's a good position to be in because you have everything that you need to be successful. Now you have to go out there and do the work and put in put in the work and make sure that it shows on Sundays. And I think Jalen Hurts will be able to do that. Now, will he be able to? Win you games consistently with his arm? I don't know that. We haven't seen that yet. We haven't seen enough of that yet. And until we see enough of that, the decision on his future in Philadelphia won't be won't be made. Couple last questions for you, Brian. I mean, really awesome stuff. And thank you so much. You know, the one thing I'll say too about a player like Jalen Hurts, I think the other question's gotta be, 
Now that you add A.J. Brown, got Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, got a great running game, number one running attack in the NFL, Nick Sirianni, how much does he have to improve also as a play caller and getting those pieces all in place? Because I tell people this all the time, Brian. You know, the NFL is like a it, – it's like a chessboard here. Putting all those right pieces together, it's not the easiest thing. You can have the most talent – of any team in the NFL, we've seen like the 2011 Eagles. They brought all those guys in, and they could never really put the pieces in the right place to be effective. Like, say, you guys did in the early 2000s. How much is this on Nick, too, to find that right dynamic to get everybody involved? And what a challenging that is for him. There, There is a secret sauce. There's a reason why coaches like Andy Reid uh, continue to figure it out. Coaches like uh, Kyle Shanahan continue to figure it out because they got a sense of how to get their playmakers the ball in space. I, I used to have this conversation with Andy Reid almost, I mean, almost daily. I felt like, and it was like, okay, how can I make sure that Westbrook touches the ball where he has enough room to make two people miss? And if he does that, it's a home run. It's a touchdown. That's his thought process. I, I'll never forget when, when, when Mike Vick came out of prison, Andy Reid, had all these cue cards that he had set on the beach and just was drawing up plays for Michael Vick just to get him in space, just to get their playmakers the ball at the right time. And that's what Nick Sirianni has to do. He has to figure out, and I think he, he did a decent job of it last year. Again, you had a team that won nine games last year that everyone expected him to win five or six. So, and that was with a quarterback that still, they didn't have a great season, right? So it's still kind of weird that that happened. I think Nick has grown. He continued to grow in the NFL fashion. The greatest thing that I saw from Nick Sirianni last year, it was very, very simple. They came out at the beginning of the year, and they wanted Jalen Hurst to be uh, uh, Philip Rivers, and they wanted him to be, uh, you know, Andrew Luck. And he they won. were two and five. Yeah, he proved that he couldn't do that. Nick, Nick Sirianni said, "Okay, I'm gonna swallow my pride. I'm gonna swallow everything that I thought was I was gonna happen and work in the NFL." And we're going to go back to a running team. We're going to play to his strengths. So he is not one of these guys going to say, it's my offense and it's my way. He's one of these guys that says, "How do, what's the best way to, to win? How do I get production? What's the best thing for this offense and the player? What fits the guys that I have here the best? And we're going to play football like that. That's why I have a lot of confidence in Nick Sirianni. You know, I want to ask you about Andy Reid. You know, when you played for him and the relationship that I see with him and Patrick Mahomes, did he have, do you, and I guess where I'm going with this is, do you think he's a better coach today having learned the things and dealing with you guys and the disappointments and some of the things, maybe being more patient with what he's doing in Kansas city compared to what he did in Philadelphia or do you see the same guy? Is there a subtle difference in him? Because to me, again, people question two minutes going into halftime, two-minute drills at the end of games, stuff like that, postseason, play calling, all of that. Again, he's, does he look different to you in Kansas City than what he did when he was with you in Philly? Well, I mean, if you're a Hall of Fame coach, which Andy Reid obviously is, you don't stop learning. That learning process – is, is all the time. So there's no doubt in my mind that Andy Reid is always learning. But the, the, and here is the beauty, and I think last year we saw the curse of Andy Reid. He trusted his players. He trusted Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball away, I think it was before the half, and he didn't. 
and and they ran out of clock. I think I can't remember fully. I think they ran out of time, and so he trust he trust. Well, why wouldn't he? If if I had someone with the ball in their hands like Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to trust that guy to make the right decision. And fortunately, he made the wrong decision there. So I, I think he trusts his players. I think he continues to get better. Is he the same guy at the core? Yes, but truthfully, he's continued to getting better. He's he has uh, evolved that offense to a place where it just runs so smoothly. I mean, it looks almost it looks almost like a video game out there. Now, I want to see what happens without Tariq Hill this year. I'm sure he'll find a way to find somebody else that runs a 4-2 uh, to fill in that <laughs> role. But there, there's only one Tariq Hill in this league, right? So we, we understand that, and we understand the dilemmas that defenses have when you have Tariq Hill streaking down the field, Patrick Mahomes being able to get the ball up and down to him. And let's say they double-team that. Then you have Travis Kelsey underneath working every other route in the, in the world. So there's a different um, uh, difference going to happen for that offense this year. But when you talk about Andy Reid, uh, a master of creating space, a master of getting people open, and he knows where you want the ball and how to get the ball to you. And, and of course, you have a quarterback that has the ability to get it to you. Um, he was able to do that with so many people in Philadelphia. He's able to take it to the next level in Kansas City. Finally here, um... You know, I asked Kurt Schilling this the other day. I asked Seth this. I asked all the guys that that played in this city, and I'm learning now because we're based in in Philly. Um, I had Keith Byers on too, and I was talking to Keith about it too. And Keith's yeah. like, "Man, I'll tell you what. Whatever people want to say, man, I'm an eagle." And talk to me just a little bit about playing in front of that fan base. You know, I think they get a bad rap. I think they're educated. I think they're some of the best fans I've ever seen in my life. And, boy, I'll tell you what, Brian, I've never seen a fan base that watches film going, hey, did you see that screenplay the other day? They, I mean, why would you call that? And I'm going, like, this is like a college atmosphere in the way that fan base acts. Just a little bit in perspective in closing on what it was like for you playing in front of these dudes. Well, as a player, what you don't want to answer is questions these – dumb questions from fans that have no oh what what are you know these dumb questions that have nothing to do with the game and that's not what you get in Philadelphia. What you get in Philadelphia is a passionate fan base. That's number one. There's a lot of passionate fan bases quite honestly in the NFL. But not only they're passionate, they're knowledgeable. They want the best for the team. They'll let you know, hey, that that's not the best. Dawkins always used to say that, so I'd say this and, and I think I'll absolutely steal it from him. He would say, our fan base wants you to play to the level that if they had helmets and shoulder pads on, that they would play to. And that's kind of scary when you think about some of the people that you see there. I mean, it's, it's a great fan base, great people, supportive. And, and when I say supportive, I see the support that the people in Buffalo give their team on and off the field, especially with some of the donations and all the support they get there. I would say the same thing for the people in Philadelphia. On and off the field, they love their, their their athletes. They love their sports. They love their city, and all they want, all they want, and of course, we all win championships. We every city wants a championship, but what we want more than ever is our sport figures to represent us as as civilians in our community. That's what we want, and if you go do that on the field, you'll be beloved in that city forever. And that's that's the big reason why I love Philadelphia. No question about it, dude. I thank you so much for coming on and doing this, man. By the way, you ever you always see this. When I say, hey, I'm getting this guy on, I'm working on getting a couple other guys on, like Keith Jackson and, you know, some of the guys that I know back in my time when I played in the league. And when I go 
you're getting Westbrook? Holy, oh my God, he's one of my top three guys. Dude, you and Dawkins and that group, I mean, they just absolutely love you. And by the way, I I have to ask you one last one, please. I asked Seth this, Eric Allen, you think he's getting job when it comes to not being in the Hall of Fame? One of the best cornerbacks that have played in this league, period. Um, The numbers supported. The type of person that Eric Allen is supports him being in the Hall of Fame. Um, Yearly, I am amazed that he gets passed over. Um, You know, and this is my opinion. He's not a guy that's going to talk. He he doesn't need to tell you about his game. He doesn't need to tell you about who he is. What he was as a player and is as a man is a great father, great man, great husband. I'm sure all of those things you can see all those things, and, and and humble, prideful. He he when when Eric even when I see him now walks into the room, you wouldn't know that he played football. Wouldn't even know that he was there unless someone says Eric Allen is there, and that's probably why more than anything he's not in the Hall of Fame, but. When you look at the numbers and the stats and his impact on the game, there's no doubt that he should be in the Hall of Fame. It's a, it's a, you know, the Hall of Fame is political. You know, oh, yeah. it's, so, a po- it's, it's, it's a popularity contest too. Yeah, I go yeah. like this the other day to someone, I go, no disrespect to Leroy Butler, but do you really think Leroy Butler was a Hall of Fame dude over Eric Allen? And I go like this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, look, I, I, hey, Butler was an FSU guy, and oh, you hate the FSU guys because you're a cane. I'm like, no, but Leroy Butler, man, I never looked at that dude during your time as a Hall of Famer, but I always looked at Eric Allen as a guy who was a Hall of Famer. It just, it's Brian, it, it, it's such a popularity contest. Guy gives a good speech for another guy. I don't know, man. I just, you know what I want to see on my Hall of Famers? I want to see, I want to know that they're game changers, that every game that they played in, that they changed the course of the game. I'll tell you this, and I'll use Dawkins, and he's probably a great – he is a great example. But when you walk on the field with Dawkins, <laughs> everybody knows that he's a game changer. Everybody on that opposing team knows that when 20 is around, there's going to be a problem, whether he's blitzing, whether he's back in the secondary, whether he's just tackling you in the middle of the field. That's a Hall of Famer. Eric Allen's had those same type of credentials, certainly did the same type of thing on the defensive side of the ball. Um it's unfortunate that he's he, he's not getting recognized in the way that he should be. Well, you're one of the most revered guys in the city of Philadelphia for sure, and I see why now. Um, you love the city. You love your game. You're 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 a legend in that city. And by the way, man, I told you, like I said, if you played in today's game, I'd be breaking the bank on you, man. Christian McCaffrey would not be making that money. I think it might be you, Brian. Thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, we could do it again, my friend. Thanks so much for having me. Talk soon. You got it. That is Brian Westbrook. And yeah, man, can you imagine him in today's NFL with the way that, you know, they're looking for versatility at catching the football, running in between the tackles as well. Incredible, man. Just absolutely incredible. Okay. Hey, my friends, don't forget Morgan and Morgan where the fee is free. That means this, okay? You get the opportunity once again to sit there and know that you picking an attorney is one of the most important things you possibly can do. Okay. If you get hurt or injured on the job, one of the most important things is this, finding that attorney, making sure that you have the proper things for you and your family. For the people, it's not just a slogan. It is who they are. With over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, and across the country, this is what Morgan & Morgan does. The call is free, 
And again, the consultation is free. 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And do me a favor, when you call them, tell them Big Sill sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. Hour three, Big Steel's National Football Show. Appreciate everybody coming aboard here. Thank you so much for stepping in with us, and we really appreciate it. By the way, we appreciate Brian Westbrook for coming aboard. Dude, I see why you guys like him. Okay, I do. I see why many people in Philly like him. 
you could see he's a leader. You know, you you can feel it when guys like that talk. Dude, you know what? To me, he's in that huddle with Donovan McNabb, right? He's in that huddle. Man, even the gang green guys that we bring on and the guys that were from that Andy Reid era, do you think there's enough of that on this Eagle team this year? Leadership's important. It's important. It's a culture. Can you develop a culture from the general manager's room? You feel, I hope I'm explaining it right. The players in the locker room have to develop a camaraderie with one another, a mental toughness. Things are going to go sideways during a season. It's inevitable. Things go sideways. Injuries, guy gets hurt, key position. You lose a shitty game. Okay? It's funny, man. Yale says we have a leader at quarterback. How can you lead when you're still questioning if that leader's the guy? Jalen Hurts is not a leader. He's not an NFL leader yet. You can't you can't paint that C on him when the other C on him right now, you know, you're trying to look at him and going like this. Should I be cautioned here and whether or not this guy is an NFL quarterback? You can't be a leader if you're not producing. Jalen Hurts hasn't produced enough to be a leader. Now, am I over the line when I say that? You could disagree with me. I don't see a guy like Westbrook goes out and gets you 200 yards in total offense and four touchdowns. And then when he barks in the locker room, he's got my chin up and I'm listening to him. And that guy's got my attention. You shit the bed and you start talking leadership with me. I'm going to look at you and go like this. Shut up, guy. Worry about your own game. Don't talk to me about my game. How many times last year did I watch Jalen Hurts in big games against big teams? Shit the bed. It's the truth. It's not a rip. It's reality. This is what I do here. I talk like this because you don't have, look, after the Saints game, I was impressed because they tore the Saints up and he was a major part of that. Okay, look, 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 remember, I'm picking this team to win the NFC. So before you start saying I'm shit talking, I got you winning it. But can you be a leader and not have produced? Some would go, well, Seals, he helped produce a playoff. Eh, okay. Tim Tebow got to the playoffs. Get to the playoffs in Philadelphia? Great. That's expected. You're, you're, you're again thanking me for giving you kudos for putting a roster together, in my opinion, that you should be doing what you're doing. Now, look, I'll be, I'll be candid, and I'll, I'll not lie to you. I thought that team would win seven games last year. I was off by two. Okay. GT, 
Can Jason Kelsey be a leader in his final year when he's bailing and retiring after this year? Hey, he's been a great ball player, but he's not the future of this team. In 2022, I would look at Jason Kelsey and go like this. Hey, Sills, you need to get your head on front side over here. And I'd be like, okay. Okay. He says something to me. Dude, you got to play harder. Okay. I guess that's leadership. Okay. I guess that is leadership. And, and, and I understand that. Okay. But at the end of the day, one of these other players now has to start to take the baton from Jason Kelsey. Who's that guy? Who is the leader on that football team? Take Kelsey out. Take Lane Johnson out. Who is the leader on the Philadelphia? It ain't Fletcher Cox. We heard Seth even say that the other day. He's like, you know, I never really ever saw that. I never really saw that. Okay? You tell me. Malata? Malata's still learning how to play ball, Jeremiah. He's still learning how to play football. Okay. Philip, I did that already at the beginning of my show. Thank you so much for bringing that up. No doubt about it. We had a moment. Of, we talked about it at the beginning of the program. So in the first hour, we've done that. And um, no question about it. Our hearts ache for those folks down in Texas. So absolutely. And um, they will definitely and clearly be on our mind. BG, the leader of the team is BG. How can you be a leader on the team when you miss an entire season? Again, the difference between the guys, I hope you've the, tell me the things that you've taken away from Keith Byers, Seth Joyner, Brian Westbrook. Okay. Hollis Thomas, who's coming on, who played with Brian on some of those teams back in the day. You'll hear him on Friday. What's the common theme? We played together. We loved each other. We were in the locker room with one another. We were doing great things with each other. We were, we were front and center, making sure that our football team would constantly be, you know, focused, laser focused. Okay. You think Nicobe Dean can actually be a leader and roll into a leadership role when he's learning how to be an NFL football player? Seth Joyner brought that up yesterday. He's got to learn to be a football guy first in the NFL before he's going to do that. Lane Johnson, probably going to be the leader. Probably. Okay? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay? Again, but due time, the great football teams – have great leadership. Aaron Donald's a leader in that Rams. It, 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 listen, and I get it. And you know what? Maybe I'm nitpicking here. But but here, I'm going to tell you guys. You know what's funny? The Eagles are in a position right now. Do you guys know what the Pieta is? Or do you know what a famous painting is or sculpture? Just pick a great painting. Mona Lisa, what have you. The truly great artist. They're, they're truly great artists. But what you're doing is you're, you're defining and you're chipping away small little chips. 
and you're polishing, you're making it look perfect because you're close to perfection. You're close to it. There's so many teams in the NFL like the Jets. Man, you got a piece of you got a piece of granite and you're just banging on it. Boom. Boom. You're banging on it. You're trying to get a shape out of it. The Eagles are right here now. Like the Pieta. Michelangelo's. He's polishing it now. Little bit here, little rough edge. Let's get that out of there. That's why when I'm critical, it's not critical negatively. It's critical going, let's address this issue here. You've got to have an identity going into this football season this year. And get this, the identity that you had last year is not good enough. You can't be a one-dimensional football team think you're going to win a Super Bowl. And by the way, when I say that to you, I get people looking at me funny now. Gary Cobb said it. Don't worry, other people will jump on this. What the hell are we doing this for if it's not for winning the Super Bowl? I want to win the last game of the year. I want to be the last man standing. I want to stand out in the crowd. What's wrong with having goals? Well, you run through the tape. I hear people saying this shit to, all, to me all the time. Sills, Jalen Hurts will get a contract if he wins a playoff game and he wins 10, 11 games. Dude, screw that. 10, 11 games? Win a playoff game? Well, come on, Sills. Rome's not – shit, you're here. You're in a weak conference. You're in a weak division. You may have the best quarterback in the division. We'll find – how about this? I'll make a point to you on something about Jalen here. What if Jalen outplays Dak Prescott this year? Okay? Then we are talking about 45 million bucks. Then you are talking about a decision that they're going to have to make. You got those two first-rounders for a reason. It's one of the deepest NFL quarterback drafts in 2023 in a long time. There is a shitload of dudes, okay? Davey Boy says the PA Todd wasn't sculpted in a day. Neither was this Eagle team. It's a two-year venture. This thing has been put together two years. What do you think? We're just talking about a team that was put together in February? This was a team that's been two years in the making here. I'm not talking about now. I'm talking about what you've done for the last two years coming off that 4-11-1 season. This has been a two-year project. You got rid of the guy you hated at quarterback. You got rid of a coach who was a gamble to fire. Look, let's be truthful here. The firing of Doug... The firing of Doug uh, Peterson is still yet to be determined whether that was the smart move or not. It's looking now like getting off of Carson Wentz was the right move. But moving off of Doug Peterson, you don't know if that was the right thing. Guy has one decent year. By the way, nine wins in Philly? That ain't good enough. Nine wins? Well, Sills, it was his first year. I don't give a shit. This is the NFL. This is professional football. This isn't grade school. This isn't junior football. 
You're expected to be great today. That's why when I hear that shit about Jordan Davis, well, you know, he's got to learn to stay away from the buffet table. I don't want to tell guys that. Okay? I don't want to tell guys that shit. Guys, I'm going to tell you why. That this this topic kind of fires me up. Okay? I'm going to tell you why. I blew the greatest opportunity I ever had in my life being in the NFL. I wasn't professional enough. I didn't do the things I needed to do to stay. I failed. High draft choice. I was drafted higher than Brian Westbrook, Hollis Thomas, Seth Joyner, Barrett Brooks. I was drafted ahead of them dudes. Wait, I think, was Barrett a second rounder? I think Barrett was a second rounder. I think Barrett was drafted ahead of me. But my point is, how do I only last that long? Not being prepared, okay? Barrett was the 58th. I was the 56th. So I was drafted ahead of him. He played 10 years. Spectacular. Got a Super Bowl. Spectacular. Spectacular. 12-year veteran? Shit. That's, that's a phenomenal. Dude, that's 1%. Do you understand? That's 1% of the one percenters play that long. The one percenters, okay, did dumb things. And that's why when I see guys like Jordan Davis, can I tell you guys something? I'm going to say it to you. I don't see very many good signs. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to back off on that. But when I see a guy run a 478 at 65 and a half with the talent he has and I hear this while well, I wasn't in shape for the SEC title game. <laughs> how could that be? How can that be? How how can you not know where you are? What's being expected of you? So then he goes and he trains for the combines. Loses 30 pounds. Runs that 478, 354. And you're like, holy, so he trained for that. It's almost like Jordan Davis trains for what he needs and not what he needs to become. You need to be like that Every day. You need to train like you did for the combines to make people go wow. That's why when I see, how about this? That's why when I see 43 games and nine sacks at Georgia for him, that's not productive to me. That's not very productive. 
The Eagles drafted that guy off of being on a good front, being a dominator. He is when he's motivated. Dude, if I got to self-motivate you, that's also a red flag. Okay? Believe me, I am very happy for one thing that's in that building. You know what's around Jordan Davis? Tracy Rocker and Fletcher Cox. Okay? What above all? Dude, I'm not jumping on him. I'm telling you what he's done right now, as of now. I'm not giving you phony news. I'm talking about what he has done and who he is. He's out of shape. He trains when he wants to, and he plays when he wants to. That's got to change, and he doesn't play to his ability. You can't be 6'6", 340 pounds, show up fat for one championship game, and turn around and go, I need to be better for the next one. That's sorry to me. This is the NFL. My mistakes, I'm telling you, don't be that guy. Film, training, 12 months, watch what you're eating. What do you, how about this one? Okay, how about this one? Okay, this, to me, here's your, hey, Birdman, here is kind of the same thing that I'm talking about. You ready? Colin, I mean, and I, I'm going to get to this Kaepernick thing. Not that I think it's a story because I could care less. That thing is done. Whatever, man. It's a publicity stunt now. It's a publicity stunt. Here. Um, Carmelo Anthony was drafted the same year as LeBron James. LeBron worked at his game, worked at his craft, made right decisions, conditioned his body at all times, and he's a star. Carmelo Anthony ate donuts, didn't give a shit about his body, didn't care about being better. That's why he's on the bench and as a role player. Okay? That's why. Okay? That, to me, right there. Carmelo Anthony won a national championship at Syracuse. Three-time gold medal winner. And right now he's a role dude because he didn't take condition of himself. Look at James Harden. James Harden, another example of that. Never seen a guy fall off the face of the planet quicker than that. At least Carmelo has accepted his role in L.A. I actually thought Carmelo, once he accepted that role, For as old as he is, I thought he was pretty decent. One of the bright spots for the Lakers last year. Yeah, but he ain't LeBron, dog. My point was LeBron and him were drafted. He was never in his league because he never took care of his body. He was a shit show in New York. He was a shit show in Denver. Denver got better when they dealt him. Who would have thought that? 
The Nuggets got better when they dealt Mello. <laughs> okay, whatever. Hey, name brand. How about that, too? LeBron was so good at 37, there was boy a lifeline. Saved his ass. Yeah, whatever, dude. Okay. So is this a true story about Colin Kaepernick getting a workout with the or a tryout with the Raiders? He's going to get an opportunity. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Is it? It, 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 please tell me, is is Colin Ka- Kaepernick's getting a shot with the Raiders? So the Raiders, who had a racist coach last year, public publicly, John Gruden, they're bringing Colin Kaepernick in. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my man. As a backup, of course. So the Raiders had John Gruden last year. Please tell me that story's not true. I can't I can't take it. Colin Kaepernick is a story again. You know why he's doing this? Can I tell you why Colin Kaepernick is doing this? Because he's running out of steam publicity-wise. This is kind of like the last stand for him before he goes into oblivion and he'll be part of the athletes on the island of misfit toys. The Michael Sams, the Tim Tebow's, the Colin Kaepernick's, all the guys with the Johnny Manzels, they send those guys to the island of misfit toys. And here's another guy. He's This is his last deal because he's not relevant anymore. You can't keep calling people racist when no one hears you any longer. Okay? They, no one hears him because no one cares. So he has to do this. And what a better place to do it than in Las Vegas with the Raiders. So he's going to back Derek Carr up. Let's put Cap in. (laughs) Um, Hey, whatever. Hey, and, 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 and know this, Jeremiah. Kaepernick wants to be a social justice champion. More power to him. It's great, but don't bring it in my locker room. Don't bring that in my locker room. I don't want to start answering questions about his shit. I want to talk football. When you want to start talking to me about the Raiders and chances of winning AFC West, I'll answer your questions. You start talking to me about social justice stuff, you only get in trouble when you start answering questions like that because you can't answer right. Because with the liberal media being the way it is, It's a remedy for disaster for the other players in the locker room. That's why NFL teams don't like noise in the locker room. Because you know why? They didn't want to answer the questions about Tebow's religion. Why do you think Tim Tebow's not in the NFL? Really, Nathan Peterman. (laughs) 
played in the NFL. Nathan Peterman, who stunk out loud. Okay? That that Sudfeld guy that you guys put in, (laughs) you put that, he sucks. But he's in the league. You can't have a guy like Tebow as your second team guy. He's the most popular guy on the planet. Okay? Is it football or politics? Unfortunately, the Raiders are playing both. And that's what I'm saying, name brand. I don't want to hear politics in the building. Don't bring it into my locker room. I don't want to hear about his bullshit. I don't I don't care about it. It has nothing to do with me making the team. Don't ask me about him. That's the problem you get, though, because the media are not experienced enough. First thing they'll get is they'll start talking to the players in the locker room with the Raiders going, what do you make of Kaepernick being on the team? I don't care. I'm here to try to make the ball team. Yeah, but what do you make about him being here? Finally, he gets up. And you see, this is the kind of stuff, I guess, that Jerry Jones and David Hill were talking about years ago. I guess this is good publicity for the NFL. You know that they contacted Park Avenue and said that they were going to bring him in. Okay? Okay? Why do I sound crazy? Because I don't want to hear your bullshit? Why would I Why would I want to hear and talk? You don't want to talk politics here. What would make you think players want to talk politics in a locker room? Isn't that crazy? You don't want to talk politics here, but you want the NFL players to talk politics in their locker room. This is my locker room. Okay? And I don't like it. Okay? You you don't want politics on your sports shows, but you want it in an NFL locker room? You're contradicting yourself. You're contradicting yourself. Oh, yeah, Steve. Oh, yes. Oh, man. That's going to be, that's going to be, hey, that, that's a topic. Jimmy Garoppolo, where would be a good landing? <laughs> I get to see Xander putting his hands over his eyes now. What would be a good landing spot for Jimmy Garoppolo? Gee, I wonder. Hmm. Why don't we take a look at that? Okay. Well, why don't we take a look at that? First and foremost, my friends at Morgan and Morgan, where the fee is free. Again, my friends, they don't get paid unless you get your fair compensation for you and your family. If you're hurt or injured on the job, finding that attorney is one of the most important things that you can possibly do for your family's sake. For the people, it is not just a slogan. It is who they are. It's what they've been for the last 30 years. Over $13.5 billion in compensation settlements for their clients. Over 800 attorneys strong. The biggest casualty law firm in America is Morgan & Morgan. There's no such thing as a little fender bender. Not with them. Every case is taken for face value, and it's all big to them. That's who Morgan & Morgan is. Offices in Philly, 
New York, Florida, all across the country, ready to do battle for you. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Listen, the, the consultation's free. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Sill sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS. Not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. For the people.com. on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Mommy Slam Dunk Champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake them out. Mama, go up, up, up. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Phil. Appreciate you stepping in with us. Please hit the like button. Want to throw out a friend of the shows. We've had him on a couple times. 
Herschel Walker is now closer to becoming a United States Senator. Congratulations to you, Herschel Walker, friend of the program. We've reached out to him, and he's going to try to find time for us to come on the program. Xander, what did he spend with us the last time? Like an hour and a half? Herschel was on for like an hour and a half, I think, the last time he was on the program. So I want to send some love to my former teammate. Love me some Herschel Walker. Throwing slings and arrows at him, of course, but it's part of the arena. And I think he understands that. All right. Speaking of the Southeastern Conference, by the way, former Eagle, too. That's right. Herschel was a bird. Um, Before I get into Jimmy Garoppolo here, and I'm going to show you something about Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think it's probably going to shock you, okay? Um, so the Southeastern Conference in the 2020-21 college football season, hey, Rico, how you doing, brother? They made $800 million going through a pandemic. <laughs> The SEC paid out $55 million per institution. Okay? $55 million. The SEC almost made a billion dollars through a pandemic. What's going to happen now with gambling, the pandemic being over, constantly on national television? They're going to be a $2 billion business one day. The SEC will make $2 billion a year in sports. Most of that money is tax exempt. (laughs) Where are you going to play college football? In contrast, the ACC is paying $20 million per institution in that conference. How can you compete with the SEC? I'm not going to play anywhere. But in the SEC, if you came knocking on my door, hey, as much as I love UM, it's an unfair question to ask me because I can't break my love for my school. But I'll tell you what, I'd have a pretty tough, I'd have a pretty tough conversation with my folks going like this. I don't know. I'm going to make more money in the SEC, more exposure, playing against better people. If I can't start in the SEC, I can't surely start in the NFL. Okay? Dude, hey, these college coaches, man, I mean, dude. Dude, it's 800 million in a pandemic. No wonder Xander's boys are bitching about, hey, this nil thing. Hey. These other colleges are going to have to outbuy Alabama. Why do you think there's coaches bitching at one another in the SEC now? And you're going to hear more of it. I hey, I got the resources at AM to buy me a first a first class recruiting class over Bama. I don't give a shit if Nick likes it or not. I got the resources. You know what Jimbo Fisher should have said? Instead of calling him despicable, I would have went like this. The system's despicable. And I'm going to keep doing it until someone stops me. 
I'm going to spend every nickel, okay, that Franklin Field can generate at A&M to outdo him. What's wrong with that? Stop lying. I didn't pay for all my – you know what he meant. That recruiting class, you did. Even Spurrier's like, Saban's not wrong. What? Hey, let me just put it to you this way, guys. Okay? I played against the Florida football team back in the day, the Gators. And in the backfield, they had John L. Williams, Neil Anderson, and Lorenzo Hampton. And they were all first-round draft choices. Went on to pretty good NFL careers. They got put on probation because they had Lomas Brown and all them dudes that were, they were called the, like, um, the Gator Great Wall or something. All these guys, like David Williams, all were first-round draft choices. And they paid for that team. Man, it was great. Not, they went 9-1-1 one, and one for, like, three years. I mean, it was the best football team I'd ever seen. And they kicked it shit out of us and we won the national title that year but they were on probation you watch the gators and and that gator and that gator alumni they got big money in there the gator club you mean to tell me that you're gonna make buying players legal in florida <laughs> and Florida Gators going to win a national championship in five years. Okay. They're going to win the national championship. Always remember this, Jeremiah. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> hey, snitches get stitches. Just remember that. All right. Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow. I love me some Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm going to ask you a question about old Jimmy G. Here. Jimmy Garoppolo, 36, 16, and 1, and 5 and 2 in the postseason. So... Garoppolo is 41 and 18. <laughs> One. Jimmy Garoppolo's 41 and 18 and 1. With an NFC championship to boot. Okay. Three times he's been to the NFC championship game. By the way, do you think. Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Donovan McNabb. You think he's better than McNabb? I do. I think Jimmy G's better than five. 41, 18, and one. Hey, and know this the Niners aren't the same team when he's not playing. Kyle Shanahan has a losing record when Jimmy Garoppolo is not the starting quarterback in San Francisco. That's a fact. Okay. No, hey, he's only t- no, 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 no. His number against the cap this year is twenty six point nine five. 
26 million for a guy 41 18 and one this guy's got a superior record to matthew stafford that's a pretty impressive record so let me ask you something here i did say he's better his record indicates it you are what your record is dog now let me ask you this here let's see yes no we'll make this very simple here oh i love doing stuff like this i love list okay okay you take donovan and i'll take jimmy jimmy's gone up to uh, gone up to um lambeau field and in shitty weather beat aaron Rodgers. <laughs> okay he's his postseason record he's five and two also he's beat rogers a few times been in many super bowls as your boy okay would you take jimmy g over josh allen no Would you take Jimmy G over Mac Jones? Yes. Yes. Would you take Jimmy G over Tua Tuga Viola? Yes. Would you take Jimmy G over Zach Wilson? Yes. So three of the four AFC East teams, I would take Garoppolo. Let's slide to the West where it's more competitive and there's really good quarterbacks. Over Mahomes, no. Over Justin Herbert, no. Over Derek Carr, no. Over Russell Wilson, no. That whole division, he don't have a job in the AFC West. Okay? Three S's, five no's. Let's go to the North. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Joe Burrow? Steelers, yeah. I don't even know who the fuck's in Pittsburgh. Deshaun Watson, no. Lamar Jackson, no. Four yeses, eight noes. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Ryan Tannehill? Yeah. Over Matt Ryan. Hmm. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Matt Ryan? Yeah. Texans. 
Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Trevor Lawrence? Probably not. And I'm going to, for me, no. Look, I'm being honest here. Seven yeses, nine noes. Okay. Let's go to the NFC. Let's go to the end. We're going to go over to the NFL standings. Let's start in the AFC West. Okay, this, I love doing this. Why is my phone doing this? Okay. Why is my phone doing this? All right. I know him by heart anyway. Let's do this. Okay. AFC West. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Trey Lance? Yes. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over anything in Seattle? Yes. Would you take Jimmy Garoppolo over Kyler Murray? Hmm. Over Kyler Murray, would you take Garoppolo over Kyler Murray? You know what's funny? If I added up, if I put athlete next to Tom Brady when they were young, you'd never take Tom Brady over Aaron Rodgers. But because of the resume, you'd take Brady over Rodgers. I'm going to take Jimmy G over Murray. I think he's a better winner. I trust him. Okay. Would you take him over Matthew Stafford? He's beaten Stafford a few times, too. Probably not. How about over How about over Stafford? Jimmy G and Matthew Stafford. Who would you take? No, I, hey. hey wait a minute, Peace. I think Garoppolo's a good football player. Okay. 49ers did not make Garoppolo. They have a losing record when he's not there. And when he was in New England, he was five and one. It's not true. That's fake news. Kyle Shanahan has a losing record without him. Kyle Shanahan needs that guy. That's why they don't want to get rid of his ass. That's why they're nervous on getting rid of his ass. Staff, would you take a push? 
Stafford makes a lot of mistakes, man. I'm going to take Stafford because he won a Super Bowl. So, no. Ten yeses, ten no. Twenty teams through the league. Let's go to the NFC North. Would you take him over Aaron Rodgers? No. Even though he's beat him. Would you take him over Kirk Cousins? Would you take Garoppolo over Cousins? <laughs> no over Cousins. Jimmy G. Chicago, Justin Fields. Oh, yeah. Jared Goff. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm keeping the NFC East for the last. Over Tom Brady. No. Over Jameis Winston. Yeah. Over Marcus Mariota. Yeah. Over Sam Darnold. Yeah. 16 yeses. 12 no's. Huh. Interesting. Now the NFC East. Did somebody say we getting Herbert or am I? Okay. The NFC East over Carson Wentz. Yeah. Over Daniel Jones. Yeah. Now the big two. Jimmy Garoppolo or Dak Prescott? Who you got? Let's see. 5, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18 teams he could be the starting quarterback on. 12 he couldn't be. (laughs) Easy. Hey, Nathan, hang on. Jimmy or Dak? Jimmy or Dak? Okay. Jimmy over Dak. Would you take Jimmy over Dak? I'll take Jimmy. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo. Or Jalen Hurts. By the way, will somebody tell me before anyone answers? Hang on. Push. How old Garoppolo is? I want to know how old Jimmy G is. Jimmy over Hurts. 
Jimmy is five times the quarterback Hertz is. <laughs> Jimmy Caroppolo is Sam. No, he's not. He's not Sam Darnold. He's 36. He's 41 and 18. Where are you getting at? Garoppolo's 29. Oh my God. Wait, Garoppolo's 29? You mean to tell me I got 10 more years of that guy? Jimmy Garoppolo's 29 years old. Are you Garoppolo's 30? I got 10 years of that guy. Wow. Jimmy failed up and he's better than Hertz. I didn't say that yet. I asked you that. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm the one asking the question. Would you take Garoppolo over Jalen Hurts? Hey, that's that's a good question. Peace. Why would you move on from a guy that your franchise sucks when he doesn't start for a guy that's unproven? That's the dilemma the Niners are in. (laughs) You're damn right. You may gamble wrong. Do you know what other franchise gambled like this? Can someone tell me what other franchise gambled like this on a player who had a great record? And on a player who was better, the Atlanta Falcons, when they got rid of Favre, everyone was under the assumption Favre's always been a Packer. He was a Falcon. And they thought he sucked. They thought they could win without him. (laughs) Hey, Matt Ryan's the best thing they had in the building next to Michael Vick. But those guys didn't win like Favre. They didn't win like Favre. Hey, oh wait, I haven't said it. I have not said that I would take Hertz or Garoppolo. I'm asking you the question. Do you really believe that you think Jimmy Garoppolo is not better than Jalen Hurts? Who would you take to win a ball game at Lambeau Field in the NFC Championship game? Jalen Hurts or a 29-year-old Jimmy Garoppolo? Who would you take? Who would you take? No, 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 no. Between these two guys. Yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Going into 2022. If you had to win an NFC championship game to get to the Super Bowl, who would you want to be your quarterback for 60 minutes? If you had to go to Lambeau or Tampa to beat Brady or to beat Aaron Rodgers, Are you taking Hertz or Garoppolo? Who are you taking? You're taking Hertz. Okay. Jalen. That's over Jimmy. Even though Garoppolo's beaten Brady and beaten Rodgers a few times. And last year beat the pants off of Stafford. They split. Last year, the Rams and the 49ers. And Jalen looked like a fish on a dock versus the Bucks. Oh, good. Push! No, no, no. Ain't no pushes in this. 
Ain't no pushes. Wow. Can I say it publicly, Xander? Xander says he's taking the five and two dude in the postseason who's gone up and won divisional conference games in the postseason. Take the teams to a Super Bowl, NFC championship games. Now do it between Foles and Jimmy G. He don't have the record he has. He hasn't done. That guy's a stretch run player. That guy's record as a starting quarterback blows dog. And he had one great year like Jeff Hostedler. Or half a year, whatever you want to call it. Nick Foles is Jeff Hostedler. He was a substitute teacher. Eh, it's true. I did say one game. Boy, that Nick Foles. <laughs> hey, man, he was spectacular, too, in that freaking game. Did he throw for 354? Hey, I. <laughs> but wait a minute here. Why are you changing my question on me? I just asked you if you would take Kalen Hurts over Garoppolo to win an NFC title game, and you're at a Nick Foles. Damn. So let me get this right, because I take Jimmy G too. 5, 10, 50, 20 teams. He could be the starting quarterback on, including yours. And 12, he wouldn't be. I think that guy's going to get a job somewhere. Shit, I'd take him in Chicago just to bring him up and go like this. Hey, dude, unless Justin Fields can beat that guy out, Justin Fields ain't my future. I'd bring him in with the Jets. If Zach Wilson can't beat him out, then he ain't the guy. What a great way to end the show. want to thank Brian Westbrook for coming on the show. We're going to try to get Phil Sims on tomorrow. Hollis Thomas will be on with us on Friday. You guys were spectacular. If you missed any of the Brian Westbrook interview, please go back and watch it. Hit the like button. We thank you again till tomorrow, 3 to 6. Big Sills, we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.